We will consider a topic that um, I think is important for us at this, in this generation to really know what we are doing as a people of God. And uh, the title is Brokenness and Having a Servant Heart. Brokenness and having a servant heart. I believe that um, we know what brokenness actually means, and, um, but um, let's turn the Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We'll read verses 27 to 29. 1 Corinthians 1. 27 to 29. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the best things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Amen. I think um, that passage is deep. We'll turn again to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll read verses 9 and 10. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. And it said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. And of course, um, Galatians chapter 2, on verse 20. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself 
for me. Amen. Um, there are other passages that actually we could have actually um, uh, read from, but when we talk about brokenness, candidly speaking, I believe that the Church of God needs this at uh, this time when we have gone astray when everybody is trying to blow his trumpet when we look at ourselves and we think actually that we have arrived when pastors have become so arrogant to the point that they do not show jesus christ again but themselves when we see that we are pursuing our own interest and not the interest of christ who actually is an, our example of what we ought to be. Sometimes I see and look at myself and say, Lord, why did you call me? Of all the people in the world, who am I? What is my father's portion? What is my household that you decided to just call me? And um, sincerely speaking, I've not found the answer for 40-something years now. But I pray that at the end of everything, the Lord will not say that I made a mistake. Can God make mistakes? <laughs> I don't think so. When you see what is going on in the church today, you see a good singer, huh? and because everybody is praising him or her, he or she will turn somewhere else. And it will be as if, huh? without me, the church cannot go on. Without you, the church will go on. It is important for us to actually come to the awareness of the fact that man is nothing. God is everything. No matter how good you may be. When you start boasting concerning who you have become, something is wrong with you. And thanks be to God Almighty because the Bible tells us that it is by grace that we are saved. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But we see this boasting this flexing of muscles the clothes of arrogance that we wear because of something that actually we may do right and people will see and we think that yes we are the ones doing it There are some things that God cannot use, you know. Anyone who wants to make a name for himself, anyone who wants to shine and be recognized by the world will easily fall into the hands of the devil. We'll see that we'll be performing religious things void of the power of God. I went through the 
um, is it um, YouTube or something? I think it's YouTube. And it was showing some of us pastors as to what we have become. Seeking power from the pit of hell and doing things that one would call miracles. Sincerely speaking, I was sad. And someone will walk down to me and say, ah, what gift do you possess? But God has always given me the grace not to curse the person or persons. What is yours as to the gifts I possess? Should I actually be give, boasting about them? When actually you call it gift? Church of God, we have become something else. I know this is actually Bible study, not preaching. But I will preach a little. The awareness of the fact that everything must be about God about Jesus Christ not about us it's been eroded and who actually are the people causing it they follow us they follow us but we often forget that when people are healing you know that they want to crucify you. Whoever will want to be used by God will need to die to self. And the dying to self must be in a very radical way. Whatever we think we have or whatever we think we are must go. We must come to the point of brokenness and even death when we feel that we have that we, we actually feel that we have nothing left. Nothing left. Empty before God in order for him to occupy us. Only then can we begin to be open to the new things or the new thing that God wants to do within us and through us. Up to this point, there is still much of the old, old self, old life left. And that gets in the way of God. When you look at the Bible and you see Jeremiah saying, Ah, Lord, please, I'm but a child. I have nothing to offer. One would think actually that it's modesty. It's not. Fear to actually work for, uh, with, uh, for the Lord, sincerely, is not a joke. It's not a joke. God is not harsh or, you know, He has no evil. In his hands that he wants to do. 
that uh, if you make a mistake, you just conk your head and then you die. No, it is not that. But we're talking about someone who is more than able to do his work, but wants you to not be a spokesperson. From the passage that we read, we see that God is interested in dealing with our weaknesses. But more so, he wants to deal with the facet of our personality and experience that we often regard as a strong point. I went to school. You know, the life of Paul should teach us a lot. Studied under Gamaliel. Huh? Had education that you know one actually can easily boast about. And uh, in all, after his call, what actually did he reckon them with? Dung. Dung. For God to use us, we must get out of our self-dependence. Depending on self, depending on our knowledge, depending on our experience. I think I told the church one time of the mistake I made uh, when I became 30 years in the ministry. Years ago. At 30, after 30 good years in the ministry, I said to my wife, I said, um, I think um, I can actually preach impromptu now without any difficulties. Shame on me. Shame, shame. Absolute shame on me. Doing God's work out of my own experience. Huh? The Lord taught me a lesson. But thank God because it wasn't an embarrassment outside. I found myself totally empty. I found myself totally looking for words to say as if I never studied English in my life. Church, I pray sincerely that you will not send your pastors to hell. So that we'll be able to do the work of God, God's own way. Achieving for the Lord that the glory must be his alone and the blessings ours. For God to use us once again, we see that ourselves must be demolished, totally demolished, and death should be pronounced upon self so that the flesh will be totally subdued. You know what? The flesh is our greatest enemy. And the flesh is, the, is God's greatest problem. We have to continually deal with it. Paul said something about the fact that ah, God uses the things that are weak. You know what? Sometimes I just, I just wonder. 
when people will stand against the pastor and say that, who do you think you are? What do you think you know? I have two PhDs. And you think actually that you are better than me? Did the pastor choose himself? I know that a little honor should be given to those who are due the honor. When you stand against a man of God like that, huh, you are guilty of something, of pride. For that man did not call himself. If that man is truly called of God, hey, see the anointing of God upon that man. And don't take him for granted. The other side of the old coin is actually what I'm saying now. For some members will actually think that um, they can suppress a pastor because of their, of their wealth. To hell with your money. It is not right to do the things of God when we know the Bible and to do exactly the opposite of what God is actually teaching us. If you respect the man of God, it is not that man that you are respecting and that is his personality, but the calling upon his life. But not to the point of worshipping that person. What we now have is more than honor. It's worship. If any man should swallow that, if any pastor should swallow that, he's actually digging his own grave. But if any member of the church would not respect his or a pastor, something is wrong with you. I think we told you about some churches that actually will say that the pastor has committed um, an offense and they will cane the pastor. Hmm. The result of it has never been good. Oh. You can cane your pastor with your own tongue. You can cane your pastor with words that you say all around. We must be careful. Now, when we talk about brokenness, there are two ways, really, that one can actually say, I'm broken. But the best way is this. The, the better way is actually for you to see yourself as nothing before God, empty before God, meaningless before God, so that God can fill you and the power of God will come out in such a manner that you can never be able to express it. The second brokenness is what uh, David cried about in Psalm 51. You've been caught in a mess and you feel remorseful. Such a brokenness is different from the other one, which is you know, the release of yourself from who you think, you know, you have actually you, you you are and you you have attained so that god in his mercy and grace can use you one is not because of sin that you have committed but because of the calling 
the other one is because of sin which actually you need to repent for or about now jesus christ is the embodiment of simplicity jesus christ is the embodiment of simplicity one it is easy for one to be humble and yet be arrogant about it but you see that the humility of christ has no arrogance whatsoever you would actually read from uh, the book of um, uh, matthew matthew chapter 11 where christ is saying hey come and embrace my yoke take my yoke upon you i am gentle and humble and learn from me i will give you rest now that is not arrogance it's like a father looking at the son and say why are you wayward like this can't you learn from me you know father say that it's not about saying that uh, hey uh, I, I, i'm the embodiment of our no 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 you're just saying that if you're truly my child uh, learn something from me that is the explanation i can give to matthew chapter 11 beginning from verse 28 or 29 christ wants us his followers to learn of him and um and we thank God because Philippians chapter 2 was not written by Christ. It was written about him. That we should, Philippians 2 from verse 5, should have this mind to be in us, which was in Christ Jesus, who actually has the right to claim to be God and to brag about it and to make his enemies to suffer for everything that they would do wrongly against him. But no. He took on that wonderful spirit of a servant. You know something about um, Jacob? Jacob, the twin brother of um, Esau, Abi. Hmm. That man, if you talk about Connie, Connie, huh? <laughs> he was number one. <laughs> number one. Yes, the mother helped him in taking huh, something that actually was sold to him in the first place. But when he ran away and went to Laban, and Laban played one against him, and he retaliated in a very big way. Huh? In the book of Genesis, chapter 30. I don't know how Jacob got to know what to do concerning lambs and goat to make them have speckles and, um, and um, um, black spots and so on and so forth by using huh, a branch of the branch of a, of a tree. I still don't know. I don't know the science of it. Maybe scientists can actually tell us how huh, we put this something before the 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 the, the, the ship. And you will be bearing the type of 
thing that I, he wanted. Huh? He did it cleverly. After the agreement had been made. <laughs> huh? But before he could actually become Israel, what did God do? God broke him. Hmm. God broke him. As he held on to the angel and said, you must bless me or else I will not let you go. His hip was touched. And that caused him what? Limbness. Huh? He was broken. You will not be jumping around deceiving people again. <laughs> Such a brokenness is needed by those who actually will serve the Lord. I'm not saying that you will be lame or whatever, but the issue of the fact that your whole self will now be reigning in you must die. It must die. Um, a servant heart a servant heart hmm we find this in Mark chapter 9 you can turn your Bibles with me please to Mark chapter 9 and we'll read verses 33 to 35 Mark 9 33 to 35. And when he came to Capernaum, then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent. For on the road they had disputed among themselves who will be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be the last of all and servant of all. He shall be the last and the, the last of all and servant of all. I will stop here for um, lack of time. A servant. Who is a servant? Who is a servant? A servant is one who is not his own master. <laughs> but rather, he has another as his master. So simple, Abi. Huh? He's not his own master. He has one who actually is his master. A person serves what um, that which occupies most of his time or that which has priority in his heart or that which is, he spends most of the time, most of, uh, of his money on. Therefore, we are expected as disciples of Jesus to serve 
God only. To serve God only. Let's quickly see um, some uh, uh, marks. Marks of a servant. Of a servant of God, that is. The first one we need to mention is that a servant seeks first the kingdom of God. A servant seeks first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33. Secondly, he is a servant of all. As we have read in the book of, uh, in the book of Mark, chapter 9. And it can be found also in Matthew, chapter 20. Servant of all. Number three, he looks to his master to reward him. Wow. That is great, you know. He looks to his master to reward him. Today we look into the hands of um, the sheep. When actually the sheep should be looking to the hands of the shepherd he is willing to deny himself take up his cross daily and follow the master five he follows the example of jesus in that he is unselfish and serves rather than be waited on Hmm. That is funny, you know. Nigerian Baptist Convention has turned something else. When your president actually is being guided by bodyguards, one person will carry his laptop. Ah, is it laptop? Or iPhone, iPad, and one person will carry his Bible. Where they got it from, God knows. I know that it's from Ayorisha Jafo. The Lord will help you. He's faithful. A servant is faithful when entrusted with something. Faithful when entrusted with something. He is humble, gentle, patient, and he bears with others in love. And then he wants to please his Lord in all that he does. Simply put, servants need to be humble servants of god need to be humble god hates pride and arrogance and even opposes the proud first peter 5 6 says humble yourselves therefore under god almighty under god's almighty hand that he might lift you up in due time. God desires us to walk humbly with him. 
And I know that um, according to where we quoted before, the Lord God Almighty wants us to learn from him, to learn from him. A servant, if he has done well, will be rewarded. May all of us here present not lose our reward. And I pray especially for the ministers of God, the five of us who are actually before you, that will not lose our reward in the name of Jesus Christ. I give time for questions now. Anybody with questions? Can I see your hand up? No questions? Then it's beautifully understood. Oh, <laughs> my dear sister, they will give you a mic. They will give you a mic now. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, sir. Uh, please remind me the definition of who a servant is. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that you got it so easily. It's, please sit down, please. A servant is one who has, who is not his own master, huh? but has another as his master. He's not his own master, but has another one as his master. And therefore, he runs errands as at the master's will. I added that because of the question that you're asking. <laughs> okay? Yes, Raphael. Praise God. Uh, I want to know how someone can be Arrogant. What makes someone to be arrogant? Huh? There are so many things that can actually make you to be arrogant. Looking at self and thinking that you are by far better than every other person can make you to be arrogant. And sometimes you don't want to be arrogant, but the people around you will say, Ah, you don't know who you are. Huh? Hi, why are you working uh, like that? You should have given it to him. Ah, let him know his position. You know what? You buy into it, you're in trouble. All right? Arrogance is actually puffing up. Wanting to be what you are not, like a peacock. Okay? You know, peacocks, huh? they think they're so beautiful. Of course, they have beautiful feathers. But you've seen some birds who are by far more beautiful than they. But they will spread the thing, you know, and, and they will do ka 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 You know, look at me. Yeah. That's arrogance. Okay. If you have a better answer, can I, let me see your hand. I'm not the embodiment of um, answers. Any other questions before we go to our prayer? One at the back. One on the back, far back. Is that Sister Bomi? Sister Victoria. Oh, Victoria. Yes, sir. Uh, sir, you said earlier that uh, some people help their pastor to carry uh, their iPad or their Bible. 
for me, I'm seeing it from a different angle. So I want to be corrected if I'm wrong. Okay. I think helping your pastor to carry his Bible or his iPad is a sign of respect to that man of God. Oh, really? God help you. I came to church. I have my Bible with me. I brought it to church. Then it is so big for me now to take it from where I'm seated to where I'll be preaching. Huh? And the Bible, too, is too difficult huh, for me to carry. You see, that's a sign of respect. Continue. Any other questions? Shall we pray?